The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Jim Fox and Dr. Janine Fox. Our show is based on science-backed information on alternative and natural approaches to health. You'll hear the clinical pearls, real-life stories about real patients and situations. It all comes together so that you can live your best health. Now, here are the Doctors Fox. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dr. Jim. And I'm Dr. Janine. And we're here for another episode of Live Healthy, Be Healthy tonight. Uh, we've got a pretty interesting, we think it's going to be an interesting show. Hopefully you will. It's all about uh, the, you know, some of the medications and things that we have in our society that are abused and overused, overused. and so on. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be an interesting show. But we always start out with something called In the News. Uh, we've got some interesting stuff in the news. It's uh, things that just came out uh, the past week or so uh, here. And, uh, what, you know, we've talked about, Janine, we've talked about omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin D. A lot. Ad infinitum, I think yes. is what they say, right? We have, but, there's so much research that's coming out about them. Well, and it just so happens that here comes some more. And what are um, Americans deficient in? Vitamin D and omega three fatty acids exactly. <laughs> they know that that's two of the biggest deficiencies in in the diet. It really is. You know, um, they say that something like seventy percent of the population doesn't even meet the very base uh, appropriation for vitamin D. And I believe that because well, we are in a. I think it might even be more because we live in a very very sunny area. We do, and I mean we're even seventy three today for all these people out in the snow. They uh, might not like that, but don't want to rub it in. We but, were actually seventy three, so yeah. even with temperatures like that and sunshine most of the year, we see at least seventy or eighty percent. Lacking in vitamin D. Uh, I'd say we probably see more like 80% of the people that we do lab work on. And we do, you know, as we've talked, if you listen to our show before, we do a tremendous amount of lab work, you know, thousands of these things every year. And we see, you know, literally thousands of people. And, and, it's and especially low. now, of course, they're lower in the winter. But uh, well, even sure. midsummer, which around here is hot, and maybe people avoid <laughs> the sun because it's so hot. That's possibility. Um, we even see low vitamin D in the summer. We a do. A lot. Yeah. And so... I always, when I get a normal vitamin D level, I'm actually surprised. I always say, well, you must be taking vitamin D, and, and almost every are, time right. the person says they are. Yeah. So it's always one of those, You're right. are you, do you take vitamin D? And they're like, oh, yeah, I take 2,000, sometimes 4,000, 4, sometimes 5,000. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's what we hear when people's levels are yeah. normal. Well, it's kind of interesting, you know, now that, that we've kind of talked about this vitamin D and, and omega-3 fatty acids, because that's another one that we, we you know, know that everybody's deficient in, you know, all your... Primary cooking oils, uh, corn or omega oil, sixes. Peanut, they're omega sixes, peanut oil, all that stuff. Yeah, but the omega three. This study came out of um, Children's Hospital out there in Oakland, uh, University of California, San Francisco, being the ba- basic uh, place there. And <clears throat> there's two researchers, uh, Aronda Patrick and Bruce Ames, and they had two studies that kind of went piggybacked each they other. They went hand in hand because they, they were actually hand, yeah. looking. 
they were both looking at vitamin D deficiencies and omega-3 fatty mm-hmm. acid deficiencies. But the first one that they looked at, or the first one, it came out like on February 25th, and the next one came out on February 26th. So it was mm-hmm. just back-to-back. Right. Um, they were showing how they, for, so, for a long time, they weren't really sure why vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids improved cognitive function and behavior. Like in uh, certain, depression. Yeah, and right. in certain brain disorders. Mm-hmm. And we've talked before about how it showed to help depression. They weren't really sure why. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're saying it's definitely linked. They're finding that vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids can definitely help clinical disorders like, like depression. depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Another do. neuropsychiatric yeah. illness is the way they put it. Yes. One of, one of the things that's kind of interesting is they, they actually – show exactly how this works. It's not just, oh, okay, we know it does it. <clears throat> they actually show how it works. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, vitamin D actually regulates conversion of the essential amino acid. And everybody's heard about tryptophan. Uh, the, if you've eaten turkey yeah. and you got a little tired, tired afterwards. afterwards, you know, had a little nap after the, the turkey dinner at Thanksgiving, that's because of tryptophan. Well, it takes vitamin D to convert that amino acid tryptophan into serotonin. Right. And they show through their, their mechanisms actually show that vitamin D regulates that. And what was really interesting <clears throat> is when they got off into this uh, fish oil, the omega-3 fish oil, you know, and, and everybody says, oh, I take fish oil. I always ask them, you know how much EPA and DHA you're getting? Because that's very important. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what milligram nah. of fish oil you're taking. And everybody always wants to say, oh, I'm taking 1,000. I'm taking uh, 1,200. Whatever. I said, it doesn't yeah. matter. It depends on you can have 1,200 milligrams uh, fish oil, and it'd have 180 EPA and 120 right. DHA, which is the most common. Right. And it's pretty low. Um, That's pretty common. The one that we have, each pill, which mm-hmm. is 1,250 milligrams, mm-hmm. actually contains 450 EPA right. and 330 DHA. Right. So you're talking about a much higher, you almost have to take three to four of the other ones to equal one of ours. Right. And in certain conditions, you want, might want to take four of the ones we have. So a lot of people don't take enough is why it doesn't work for them. Well, I think that's, that's it, you know, <clears throat> because what they show was, you know, the EPA, we've known for a long time, the EPA or icosapentaenoic acid, actually, we've known it's been an anti-inflammatory. Yes, right? that, for we, years. We've known that for years and years and years. Blocks the E2 uh, prostaglandins, all that stuff, you know, which is cool. Okay, we know that. What they show in their studies uh, was that the EPA actually increases the serotonin release from the uh, what they call the presynaptic neurons. Right. That was really interesting. Yeah. And, of course, it obviously, yeah, it, it reduces inflammation and so on. Something else that they found out was the other aspect of fish oil, the, the DHA. DHA, or the docosafexanoic acid, it actually influences what we call the serotonin receptors, making them more accessible or actually more sensitive, if you will, to the actual serotonin itself. So it makes it work better. So you got vitamin D on one hand doing that, and then the fish oil right. making it more sensitive, making it uh, produce more. And then the other part of their study, I thought yep. that was interesting. Now, even on this study, yeah. they, they right. mentioned a little bit on the next part, which was the autism, which is what yeah. we're fixing to talk about. Yeah. But the attention deficit disorder was also mentioned on that study. Bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, depression, all those they actually show can attribute to low serotonin. Yeah. And so, you know, the people out there with kids – you know, fish oil, we always try to put people on fish oil for attention deficit. So right. many times the parents don't keep them on it because they say, well, it didn't work after a week. Well, it's not going to work after a week. No, it's going to take It's going to take a while. And months and months. Yeah, yeah, it's not an instant. So I do tell people on the vitamin D and the omega-3, they don't talk about it in this, this study, but we know from experience 
that it doesn't work instantly. So don't just give up after a week. No, <clears throat> that's the one thing about that. That's, that's, and it's a good point you brought up, Janine, because honestly, taking fish oil for something like, like the depression and so on, it's going to take a long time for it to be effective because you've got to change all kinds of things going on in that brain, you know, get reducing those uh, inf- inflammation, mycosinoids, oh, yeah. and so on. So there's a, there's a whole host of things that has to happen for that. But and for, vitamin, for vitamin D to get up to full effect, we wait. When we do a vitamin D level and we see that it's low, when mm-hmm. we put people on vitamin D, we wait three months to recheck it. That's so, right. you know, that just right there, that's the, that is the recommendation to retest vitamin D is three months. Right. So you want to give it at least three months to come back up to normal. And I would say you give it the omega-3 is at least three at months. At least three months. So <laughs> it is not an instant. So I did want to tell people right. that. So if That's you try true. it and it's not an instant, don't give up on it. If it took it for three days and it didn't work, right. keep taking it. Natural <laughs> medicine sometimes does take a little longer. Well, that's true. But it's actually, in the end, could be more effective. Yeah. The same group, um, you know, Patrick and Ames, um, both PhDs. While out they were studying the yeah. vitamin D. But, and this is where they, they kind of split this into two different things and, and published in two different areas. But what they, the second part of it, if you will, was about the you know, other neurochemicals like the serotonin, the oxytocin, vasopressin, and so on, and how these chemicals affect social behavior, and they especially tied it in with vitamin D. And, and they all, found that every one of them was yeah. activated by vitamin D. Well, they said that vitamin D actually is a steroid hormone in our body that no actually triggers or <clears throat> controls over a thousand uh, different genes. Right. Vitamin D, just people think, Huge. oh, it's just a simple vitamin. No, it did a lot. Yeah, There's a, a lot, lot right. that it does. Yeah. So vitamin D is not just a simple vitamin. No. It is actually, like I said, it's a hormone. It is, you know, and, and it is a steroid hormone. It is. And it actually, like I said, it turns on and off and triggers and does all kinds of things to over a thousand different genes in our body. And that's a pretty good bit. And when they started looking, they actually suggested that dietary... You know, intervention with vitamin D, tryptophan, and omega-3 fatty acids would boost serotonin concentrations and actually help maybe even get rid of the symptoms associated with autism. Right. You know, <clears throat> because there, there's some things going on in, in, in the what they call the uh, serotonin anomaly with, uh, with autism. And, and one reason that, uh, you know, most people, that are, if you talk about autism, typically, I mean, the majority of them are males. And one of the reasons is, is because the female, the estrogen, can actually trigger some release of serotonin, whereas guys don't have enough, okay? So the little boys don't have enough, and so you got to have these omega-3 fatty acids. And when you, when you think about fat in the brain, and omega-3 is a fat, and everybody in, in America is scared to death of fats. Well, they I shouldn't mean, be. They shouldn't be, but they are petrified of fats because we've had 40-some years of eat low-fat, 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 no-fat, no-fat, you know, all that stuff. Anyhow... What you find is the folks that don't get enough of these fats, your brain is made up of about 80% fat. The other 20% is water and stuff. You know? But 80% of your brain is actually fat. So if somebody calls you a fathead, thank them. Okay? They're telling you the truth. But this is really interesting because they, they actually show that some of the mechanisms, how this uh, serotonin affects the, the brain and especially autism. And even the, and they even brought up the fact that it, it affects serotonin Without side effects. Right. Because there are some of the serotonin medications, and tonight we'll be talking about some of them. That's actually some of the things we're talking about, the side effects of medications and some of the alternatives you can do instead of. Right. Um, And, you know, you don't want to put your kid on something that's going to actually make them have tons of side effects. 
I think that's, you know, when you think about it, as a matter of fact, we talk to a lot of parents, and a lot of these parents come in and say, you know, I, I don't want my child on all these various drugs. And, and they think that, you know, maybe that's the, one of the problems is over-medicated. And you know, if you think about something that's as simple as fish oil, which is overall health, overall basic for health. overall health. Yeah. And, and it, you know, this, that, and, and I mean, it's just amazing. How and when you get a, even one of the girls that works for us had a baby a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And even her pediatrician, now she's one of the better ones. Not all pediatricians she's do this. She's rare is what you're saying. Um, I, yes, but she looked around. <laughs> yeah. Working for us, she wasn't going to go to just anybody. I mean, her pediatrician immediately had her put her daughter on mm-hmm. vitamin D mm-hmm. the day she was born. Right. She said at least 500 IUs for a one-day-old baby. Yes. And so she has actually been on vitamin D ever since. So she at least knows the benefits of vitamin D. And, and that, like I say, that's rare. But, it, you know, if you are seeking out health, uh, care for your, for your child, find a pediatrician that is open-minded enough to know and understand that your child needs the omega-3 fatty acids and they need that vitamin D. Yeah, that same pediatrician has a sign in her office saying if you want antibiotics, go somewhere else. That's right. All right, we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally, and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And as we uh, told you tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, the various drugs and overuse of some of the uh, pharmaceuticals and so on in our society. One of the first ones being the antibiotics. Right, and we talked about it a week or two, probably a couple yeah, weeks a couple ago. Because it mm-hmm. came out on February 10th. It was in the news, I think we talked about it. Mm-hmm. So we didn't go into detail. But even we wanted to look a little farther, further into it. So right. we actually even did some more research. And it really is amazing when you start looking into how many antibiotics are given in the United States unnecessarily. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's huge. And they actually, the study that we actually looked at from Oregon State University said that actually there was a more complex side effects than previously known. Right. I think that was, you know, that one was talking about, that study talked about not only is it going to kill off your beneficial bacteria, but it can actually damage the epithelium or the lining of your gut. Yeah. And not only that, it can actually cause problems to the mitochondria of the cell. Which is the little powerhouse, powerhouse of the cell. Of the cell. Right, so yeah. you start damaging, and they and they did show that it's more for the long-term use antibiotics mm-hmm. and people that used antibiotics, but they'll sometimes people take antibiotics like water. They'll take one after another, after another, after another. We see that all the time. We do. We really do. And that's one of the things we wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk about before. There right. are some other things that you can do. You know, there are. One of the things you know, we talk about the you know the people taking a lot of antibiotics and and, and there was a study and this was done I mean, I, like last December at George Washington University actually published it and they talked about the uh, that folks patients don't understand the risk of unnecessary antibiotics and I think that's very true because yeah and what they they found in the study was they said more than half of the patients they, that they surveyed. They knew that the antibiotics, you know, didn't work against viruses, but they'd agree to take them. But they would agree, yeah, and they agree to take them. And because of that, you're actually making some of the superbugs, and you're making the antibiotic-resistant drugs. And there's a lot of times where antibiotics are necessary. Antibiotics save people's lives, and we're not saying that they don't. We're just saying that for viruses, taking antibiotics for viruses actually makes them not work on the bacteria when you need them. When you do need them, right. And taking them is not just benign. No, it's not. It's I think not that's where the, it doesn't do anything to you, and people think that. I mean, yeah, most people, and I would say probably, I don't know what the statistic is, but most people that take antibiotics do not replace their beneficial bacteria. Oh, the majority. Majority of the people do yeah. not. You should, always, and it always. takes a pretty good dose of it. And, you know, while we're talking about those beneficial bacteria, you know, it's, you don't need those probiotics or beneficial bacteria just when you take an antibiotic. You need them all the time. Well, because another interesting, titillating little fact is that something like 30 million pounds of antibiotics are made in the United States every year. That's what's consumed consumed in the United States. 30 million pounds. 80% of those 30 million pounds is fed to animals. So right. when you eat a chicken McNugget or a you know, hamburger, hamburger or, whatever or whatever you're eating, you're getting antibiotics. And there's even been some studies, it's been probably a couple of years ago, that I saw a study that, that linked the possibility and the probability of these animal fed, animals being fed antibiotics le- led to an increased amount of urinary tract infections in females. Yes, because huh. you're always getting rid of the beneficial bacteria. You're killing the beneficial bacteria, right. And so the probiotics, definitely if you take antibiotics, you need it, but you need it all the time. You need them all and, the time, And right. um, when we did our, we have a live TV, TV show that we do. Right. And on that TV show, we have lots of callers. And on that, one of the, you know, one of the callers wanted to know this week, What's the difference in bacteria? I mean, are all probiotics the same? No. So I do think that's one thing we want to address because they're right. not all the same. No, they're not. You know, there's literally thousands of different strains of, of probiotics, beneficials. The, the longer the studying goes on, the more we research it and so on, the more we find there are literally thousands of different beneficial bacteria. And just replacing like lactobacillus acidophilus, which is what everybody always thinks about. Oh, got to take some acidophilus. That's one strain. That's one. It's a good one. It's in a lot of the probiotics, but you don't want just that. You've got to have others. And then the the count makes a difference. I have had many people over the years bring me in the probiotic they were taking because I say, okay, well, how strong is it? Well, I don't know. So they bring it back, and it's 100 million. And I said, okay, 
the minimum we use usually five billion. Well, no, we usually use twenty because if we use the five, we use four of them a day. day, Right. Spread it out. So for adult, we normally use at least twenty billion colony forming units. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, you need to take two hundred of those a day. They're like, what? There's only sixty in a bottle. And I said, well. This tells you you need to buy something else. Yeah. Um, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. I mean, you got to look at what you're buying. Just because it's a probiotic does not mean it's a beneficial probiotic. It doesn't mean that it's actually enough to make a difference. Well, I was going to say that. Not that it's the, not beneficial. It's just not right. enough to make a difference. It, you know, when you look at there's literally 100 trillion microorganisms, hundreds of trillions, they say. We, can, we really can't count them because nobody, you know, a lot of people like to sit around and count things, but they haven't been able to count these things yet. But we can estimate that there's hundreds of trillions of actual bugs in our gut, okay? Now, out of that, the majority of them are beneficial, or at least the beneficials keep the pathogenic stuff under control, control. right? And so to try to replace something that an antibiotic is going to go in there and say kill trillions of stuff, you can't put a few hundred thousand back in there and think you're going to do anything. It takes billions. Yeah, it takes a lot. And it takes for a long period of time. We always right. recommend at least two months after an antibiotic to take the higher dose. At least. We usually do 50 billion after an antibiotic at least. <laughs> 50 to 100 billion after an antibiotic. Right. You right. want to do even more. Right. And, and people are always like, oh, I didn't take that much. I'm like, yes, you do. And it's not going to hurt you. Um, for one, when people take antibiotics, even if it was bacterial and they kill all their good bacteria, then the bad bacteria is likely to come back if you don't have the beneficials. Right. So then you get sick again with the same thing you had. And so it didn't work, and then you have to take another round of antibiotics. And so it's a never-ending circle. And then we wind up, we see an awful lot of uh, people that have fungal infections left over. Because oh, they've, definitely. Killed, they've killed off all of the beneficials, and especially, especially sinus problems. Yes. You, just, oh, you don't know how many times a day, we probably hear a dozen times a day, i got this recurring sinus infection. And I've taken 14,000 different antibiotics for it, okay? It's probably not a bacterial problem. It's more than likely fungal in nature. Yeah. Because you've killed off all the bacteria. Ain't nothing left but the fungus. And you'll knock it down with a, a probiotic or an antibiotic, but it's going to come right back. That's back the even part. bigger. Yeah. Now, another thing that is on the rise because of the oh, overuse yeah. of antibiotics, which is one reason why even the CDC is getting really... I mean, they're trying to make guidelines for doctors not to prescribe antibiotics for everything because right. they even say it shouldn't be used unless it's necessary. And that CDC is the Center for Disease Control. Right. Um, there was actually C. diff. Clostridia difficile. Right. Mm-hmm. It infects almost 500,000 people in the U.S. per year. And, and 29,000 of them die. Yeah. And that's what's diagnosed. Yes. Right. I think some people probably get it. And they Just don't know it. Diagnosed, right. It is actually costing $4.8 billion in acute care facilities alone for people getting C. diff from taking antibiotics. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yes. And it can kill you. Like we said, 29,000 of those people die. That, and, yeah. and it's mostly in, 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 I don't want to say it's the advanced age, like from 65 and up. That's where it really starts being a problem. But we see an awful lot, an awful lot of younger people because of the overuse of antibiotics getting it doing the same thing well it used to only be a problem that we saw in a hospital setting right and it's not anymore no i have people come in every day that have c diff and i'm like have you been in the hospital And they say no no so i took an antibiotic i even had somebody bring a baby in a one-year-old oh, a week right. or two just ago recently, yeah yeah and right. baby had c diff and i was like ear infections they kept giving it she said it took about three rounds of antibiotics and then all of a sudden now baby has c diff yep and 
So we do tell people, and then what do they do for C. diff is give them another antibiotic. You know, and it actually, and, and I have not yeah, seen where we true. are for the doctors to actually repra- replace the beneficial bacteria. No, not at all. Matter of fact, I had a lady in uh, just recently, and her husband has, uh, he, he's actually been diagnosed now with ulcerative colitis from C. diff. He's got both A and B of the C. diff. And they keep giving him antibiotics. As a matter of fact, they, you know, we're talking about some, you know, the, you know, some big, heavy guns in the antibiotic stuff. They doesn't, it doesn't get better. And if you think about it, we just talked about the, the antibiotic use in that other study, how it can actually damage the, the endothelium or the lining of the gut. This poor guy's got that, and he's like in his late 30s. And he's got this because of overuse of antibiotics, and bingo, he's got C. diff just about right. killing. Right, and now what we do naturally for C. diff right. is there's actually something called Saccharomyelitis boulardii. And it is a beneficial It's one of probiotic. the beneficial yeasts. Yeah, it is actually, a, yeast, it's a yeast, but it will actually kill C. diff. Yeah, it's, it's more And we have had people that n- nothing has helped them. Now, we always do a broad-spectrum probiotic also because exactly. they've also, it's always after an antibiotic, so it's, it's killed off that too. Right. But we'll use a high-dose probiotic with the Saccharomyelitis boulardii, and we get great, great results resolving C. diff. You know, Something th- as simple yeah. as right. beneficial bacteria and yeah. yeast. The the bad thing, this poor particular lady who was coming about her husband, she said, you know, he had tried the, the Saccharomyces boulardii, but he was taking it at the same time he was taking antibiotics. I said, ooh, that's not going to kill work. it. That's, yeah. that's gonna, not going to work. So anyhow, it can really be a problem. And when you think about $4.8 billion, I mean, that's a lot of money. But think about the 29,000 people that die from something like this every year. And it's all caused, this superbug, C. diff, is all caused by overuse of antibiotics now. That's not fun. Yeah, That's and they actually say that one in every five patients that get C. diff, it'll have a reoccurrence of it later. Right. And one out of nine patients, 65 or older, died within 30 days of diagnosis. So it's a bad problem. It, it is. I mean, it dehydrates you because it is some severe diarrhea. It yes. will dehydrate you rapidly. And, and these people, and once they crash with the dehydration, sometimes you just can't get them back. I mean, that's the problem. The kidneys will shut down. I mean, everything starts, you know, we start what they call multiple system failure. And it, when that happens, you know, it's just over. And okay. that's all from the use of antibiotics. Right. Too. So back to antibiotics. Okay. So what can we do different? I mean, if you have a virus, don't take an antibiotic. For sure. Absolutely. They know it does not work on viruses. It does not help. Don't take them. We need to keep that immune system strong. Right. We need to be taking probiotics. You need all to take the time. probiotics. You need to have your vitamin D levels checked. Keep that up. You won't get as sick as often. That's true. And for some of the long term problems, problems of antibiotic use, like acne in kids, don't set your kid up right. to be sick the rest of their life by giving them five years of antibiotics That's when true. they're kids. You're just setting up all kind of problems. And so things like the olive leaf extract or mm-hmm. the olive ear, yeah. that works great for acne. Changing their diet. Oh, yeah. The paleo diet. Dr. Yes. Cordain wrote a book on acne <laughs> saying that actually changing the diet can actually we, clear we up acne. We just had him last week, right? Right. So that's one of the long-term right. uses. Another one that we see over and over is UTIs. Yes. Urinary tract infections. These, especially women. Mostly It's usually women. women right. Have recurrent infections, and they just take antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic. Right. And they never tend to get better. Now, there is a simple solution in natural medicine called D-mannose. It works in 90 to 95% of all urinary tract infections. There's right. that few percentage that it won't work on. Few right. percentage that you may have to take an antibiotic. But it works as well as an antibiotic in 90 to 95%, and it is a simple sugar. Right. 
And it's a sugar that the body can't absorb, and so it excretes it through the urinary tract. And bacteria love it, and it sticks to it and flushes it out. So it's something that simple, and it can actually keep down antibiotic use for UTIs 90%. And, you know, that's something that we have probably seen more use of that in our practice. We have. Because we do urinalysis on the majority of our patients. Yeah, it's on almost every panel that we do is a urinalysis. And we uncover a lot of these things, and then we treat it with D-manos, follow it up in about eight days, go back, look at another urinalysis. And see and if it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, in probably about 90% of the cases, it is. It's gone. And so okay. there is those few cases yeah. it's not. Okay. We're going to have to take another break, and we'll be right back in just a moment or two. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're talking about uh, the overuse of various pharmaceuticals. We just mm-hmm. got through talking about uh, antibiotics, which is probably one of the biggies. Another one is statin drugs. Yeah, it's one of the most prescribed drugs today. Yeah. And if you probably l- lumped them all together, it probably is one of the most prescribed drugs. It now, is. I think the statistic says Crestor, it right. is the most prescribed statin, and it alone is the second most prescribed drug in the United States. It actually has a revenue of $5.5 billion. Billions, boy, billion. Yes, right. billion dollars. Hmm. So it's a big moneymaker. A lot yeah. of these drugs are. They really are. But, you know, and we get uh, literally, again, in the year's time, we'll get thousands of people coming in, and they've been prescribed these things, and they say, ooh, I can't take them because of some of the side effects, like... Muscle pain. Muscle pain is probably one of the mm-hmm. biggest ones that we see. People get so bad that they don't even want to walk anymore. Well, they can't. They don't. And these, you know, of course, the older people, they just go downhill when they stop. Yeah. If you take somebody that's a little older and a little debilitated to begin with. And then you give mm-hmm. them something like that. You do like something like that, that for them, they're going to go downhill. 
You know, liver damage is another big, yes. you know, Gene. That's a really big one. Yes, it is. And so, I mean, we've even known of people that's had liver transplants due to statin drugs. We, as a matter of fact, somebody, somebody in our family, that's right. actually. So, mm-hmm. yes. um, digestive problems. Yes. Um, diarrhea. Right. And actually, an increased risk of type that, 2 diabetes. That's the biggie. And they know you're taking a statin to lower cardiac risk. And one of the biggest cardiac risks you can have is diabetes. And the, the drug makes you diabetic. Okay, now, how smart is that? Right, and okay. especially in women. They've actually found that statins are actually yes. increased diabetes more in women than in men mm-hmm. for some reason. They really do. <clears throat> but, you know, there, there's alternatives to that. I mean, we use the Reggie Strice yeah. compound. Now, you know, some of them work, some of them don't. We happen to know. And mem- well, we yeah. didn't mention memory loss. Well, we didn't mention that, but that is another that's a, one. That's a big that's one a with the statin. Too. And fatigue. Yeah. I mean, those well, are what we yeah. hear a lot. So that's kind of the side effects and why a lot of people don't like taking them. And like I said, there's, there's definitely alternatives. I think the, the probably the two biggies that people complain about is the muscle pain and the memory loss. Right. That's, the that's things probably they the notice. big ones. That's the things they notice the most. And yeah. fatigue. And fatigue. Just right. feeling bad. But Generally. Yeah. But, but you if you like hurt said, all the time, you're going to feel bad. Yeah, you'll feel bad. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, but, you know, you think about it. There are alternatives. You know, diet, they always talk about diet and exercise. Now, you have to be serious about that diet thing. Right. And I mean, you, a yeah. lot of cholesterol is genetics. It is. It's not necessarily what you're eating. You can help find people, these little bit skinny women with perfect diets and still have high cholesterol. And they have it all the time. Now, see it all the time. when you have high cholesterol... There's a further step you need to go to see if your cholesterol is even harmful to you. I think we've talked about that test. We have. It's, NMR. It's called an NMR. And it actually looks at particles and right. the size of the particles as opposed to just looking at a total cholesterol. Right. Or an LDL. Because if they're big old fluffy If they're big ones, fluffy ones, they're not harmful to you. And they know right. that more research is coming out. And I do think the NMR is going to be your gold standard in the future. In the future. But because so many yeah. insurance companies aren't paying for it. Yeah. Um, it's not, and it's an expensive test. We we know someone that had it done that didn't go through us and was billed $850 for an NMR. Yes. Because their insurance denied it, they owed $850. $850, bucks, right. We do an NMR for $75. I was going to say, we, we just... So we do it very it inexpensive. Right. right. Um, and it is in some of our other panels, too. Some of our cardiac panels. Well, it's, it's in our super, super panel. panel it's in like the that, right. expanded cardiac panel with an NMR. Mm-hmm. So we have it in a few things because we think that is the most important test to do if you are worried about your cholesterol. Uh, now, and, I, and I think that's something that, that we really should be concerned about enough to at least do the NMR once. Right. See, see, see where, where you are. are. See where in that in the NMR, probably the size of your particles and the fluffiness and the size. Probably is genetic, but which ones do you have? I mean, that's, right. the, that's the question. But there are things you can do about it. Even if you do have those oh, particles, yeah, definitely. Uh, diet can help. Exercise can help tremendously. And there's some natural products yeah. that help. Um, we have something called Coleast, and it right. is a natural statin. Right. And it still contains a lot of people that actually have sold the red rice yeast extract, have mm-hmm. taken the, the actual active ingredient out of the product, so they don't work very well anymore. Ours actually do work. It does work. We've got thousands of lab work to prove yep. that one. Something else that works is niacin. niacin. Mm-hmm. It might flush your hair, well, but... you know, we use a, a type of niacin. It's actually the same thing they use medically. It's nicotinic acid, which is a timed-release niacin. And, you know, occasionally you might get a little flush or something from it, but it lasts a few minutes. But the majority but of much. the time, no. Yeah. Like I said, it was a stain release, and some people say they flush sometimes, and they don't sometimes. But it, do, it, it also, does it actually increases the size. If you do have it the will. real small ones right. and the bad kind, it does actually make them a little fluffier. So that is actually something you want. 
Then there's the plant uh, sterols. Plant sterols. Yep. Yes. And those don't lower greatly, but they do help some. The beta cytosterols, those kind of things. You, you've heard a lot about those. So those are. And good. then just something else: if you have high cholesterol, that you always need to check is your thyroid. Always. Low thyroid makes high cholesterol. Just had one goes of those hand this in week. hand. Uh, lady, the thyroid had oh, completely yeah. shut down, and her her poor cholesterol was off. The charts, and I said, "Don't worry about it till we get your thyroid get fixed." Your thyroid. We always yeah. tell people fix the thyroid, then recheck it, because yes, the thyroid has something to do with it. Does it have all? You don't know until you fix the thyroid and then recheck it. So the thyroid always needs to be checked if you have high cholesterol. No, I mean, that's very, one, something very, you always want to do. Very true. You know, the next biggie, I think, and I think God knows, I think everybody in America takes this stuff is some sort of acid reducer, yes. whether it's Nexium, the Purple Pill, or or whatever. Because Nexium is what they like the third most third most prescribed drug, drug at six point three billion dollars in sales. Wow! And all the PPIs together, which are the proton pump inhibitors, yeah, thirteen point five billion dollars annually. You know, if we could just get rid of the statins and these acid reducers, think how much money you could save. You could just about pay down the national debt after yeah. a while, right? Exactly. Hmm. And you know, acid reducers have their place. They do, and Short it was term. actually for. Most of the research done on them, and even if you read the inserts that come with the medications themselves, it'll tell you it's for short-term use. Right. Six to eight weeks. Right. And for ulcers, yes, you want to stop the stomach acid and let them heal. Mm -hmm. If you have certain conditions, you do want to stop the stomach acid and let it heal. Right. For short-term use. Right. Now, this is something that we recommend, and and, and a lot of folks look at us kind of strange. You know that insert that they give you that's got tiny, tiny little writing on it? Read it. Read that thing. It'll scare the bejesus out of you, but read it. You need to know it. Right. Okay. Because if you do, you probably won't take this stuff over six to eight weeks. That's it. Now, what you'll read, if you read the insert for most acid reducers, is that you have many nutritional deficiencies when you take it long term. Yes, you do. And B12, iron, mm-hmm. iron. calcium. Iron's a biggie, I think. It is. We've actually that. had people before that did not tell us they were on acid reducers, even though you ask them and they tell, oh, yeah. no, I'm not on any medication because they think, oh, well, I bought it over the counter. They're over the counter. And right. they don't think of it as a medication. They, right. It's another one that people take like candy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had her on so much iron, and they were talking about doing iron infusions and all kind of crazy stuff with her iron because she could not absorb the iron. Well, come to find out, she's on an acid reducer. She got off of it, her iron levels went to normal. Quickly. And she was fixed. They were... they. They had she had scopes to see if she was bleeding internally. I mean, they spent so much money on this woman where it was the acid reducer causing every problem. Right. We see and that all so the time. Iron is a big one. Now, iron is a biggie, yeah. Calcium. calcium. And you know, you think about all the bone loss that we talk about today with the you know, the osteoporosis and everything. And if you're taking calcium, and we see this every day, sports fans, I promise you, these people come in and they're taking calcium and Nexium or something like that. At the same that. time, usually. Yeah, at the same time. I'm like, good Lord, you're never going to absorb this stuff. I mean, calcium is kind of tough to absorb anyhow. Right. And you do something and like that. And Tums is not your best source of calcium. <laughs> no, it's not. It is actually mixed with an acid reducer, and you don't absorb it. So no, it's, it's not the kind of calcium you want. That's um, not how you so do it. So calcium, no. magnesium, folic acid, and mm-hmm. zinc. And zinc is needed for many enzymes in the body. And then if you don't have your enzymes, then you don't digest. Well, it also is uh, you got to have zinc for your immune system. Exactly. So it's it's pretty big, you know. And with all, and of course that increased your risk for infections and everything else. They've actually some of the studies have shown. I mean, actually in the the AMA journal, mm-hmm. which is the American Medical Association. Right. Revealed that the PPIs increase risk of developing pneumonia by up to eighty nine percent, right? And also increase the risk for that C diff that we talked about. We just talked about that guy, right? 
And they actually showed that even taking the acid reducers can even affect the beneficial bacteria. They actually, there was a study that was done at the Mayo Clinic. Now, this is not your, you know, place down the street, your Mayo Clinic. They did a study and they showed that the PPIs actually decrease, now that's lower, the diversity of the gut microbiome and increase the risk for complications. Right. I mean, and that was the Mayo Clinic. This is like, say, this is not some shade tree place doing and this. And they basically, in, in, in the conclusion of their of their study. article and mm-hmm. study, mm-hmm. said that people really should not take PPIs unless it is absolutely necessary. Absolutely. And just having a little acid reflux and having a little discomfort is not a reason to that is absolutely necessary. And, you know, something that we find almost every day, that when we deal with these folks that are taking these things chronically because they have the reflux and so on and so forth, it's the diet, stupid. Oh, yeah. What you're eating, it's killing you. And we try to get them to change, and they say, oh, but I can't give up my bread. Right. Oh, okay. Well, well and, and then you also hear from people, I can't get off of my acid reducers because the reflux well, is so but bad. Got to but rebound. a study that was actually in gastroenterology, it was in a journal, Mm -hmm. showed that withdrawal from acid blockers lead to rebound reflux, which makes it really hard to get off of. Right. And so at first, when you get off of it, you're going to have some reflux, but you got to work through that and you got to do some other things and maybe some other alternatives to Mm -hmm. actually help your reflux. You know, digestive enzymes are one of the biggies. Big ones. How many people have we got on digestive enzymes? Oh, huge. Thousands? Okay. But how many times does it fix the problem? Almost every time. Actually, the health starts at the digestive tract. The gut. And so if you stop digesting food, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is what happens when you stop stomach acid, Mm -hmm. you actually cause the overall health to go down. You sure do. So it's it's, it's not just one thing it affects. It affects everything. You know, if somebody comes in to us, and and we'll just give you the quick scenario. You're complaining about the, 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 the reflux and so on. Okay, we tell them to change the diet, get rid of the grains. Yep. Just like Dr. Cordain talked about, you know, go to the paleo diet. You'll be surprised what that'll yep. fix. Do that. Put them on a digestive enzyme and a strong probiotic, and 90% of them come back within a week saying, I am so much better. Oh, a lot amazing. better. Amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And stress can make it worse, too. Oh, so sure manage your stress. And tight clothes make reflux worse. So I do <laughs> tell these true. people, I had somebody come in with this girdle on the other day, and I, she showed it to me, and I was like, take that thing off. And she was like, good, because I was about to die. And oh. I said, I can't believe you're wearing that. She said, well, I, I said, just eat differently, and you'll lose the weight. Well, I said, she's you, probably bloating from, She you know. was, I mean, that girdle was squeezing her to death, and she said she'd hurt all day, and she'd had reflux all day. I was like, take that thing off. Yeah, I mean, you know, change your diet. Do some things. Now, we've got things, you know, the good probiotics we've talked about, you know, ad infinitum. We've got things like deglycerized licorice root or DGL. Stuff is great for helping soothe that stomach right. down. And, and we even have stuff like GI essentials that does help right. with healing ulcers. If you do right. have ulcers, and actually it does happen. And, and it does happen. And you want to be checked if you have persistent right. reflux, mm-hmm. be checked for H. pylori. Sometimes oh, yeah. it is a stomach bacteria. And actually, there's things that you can do to kill H. pylori. And, and here's something else that we hear an awful lot of. Folks say, well, well, every night I, I get this reflux stuff. And I, I, I lay down to go to sleep. You know, I'm having this reflux. All right. Here's the first question I always ask. What time did you eat? And what time did you go to bed? And if you eat at 9 and go to bed at 9.30, guess what? You're going to have reflux. I don't care who you are, especially if you ate a big meal at night. So eat smaller meals, slower, get rid of the sugar, change the diet. Try not to eat late. 
try not to eat late. I mean, you're better off at, at that point in time just saying, okay, I'll just do without something. I'll go to bed hungry, as they say. All right. We've got another break coming up, and uh, we'll be right back after that break and talk some more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face. And that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're talking about the overuse of medications and so on tonight. And I think we would be very, very derelict in our duties if we didn't talk about one of the biggies, and that's antidepressants. Yeah, the SSRIs. Oh, God. There's so many other things. Well, it's, it's gotten to where when you go in and complain about anything, I don't care what's wrong with you. They want to put you on an antidepressant. Right. I mean, it's, you can say anything's wrong with you. And antidepressant. You know, and, and it seems like this new one, Cymbalta, they're putting everybody on that yeah, one. Yeah, it's the sixth most prescribed drug, and it hadn't even been out as uh, long as a lot of the other ones. A few years or so. Um, right. And so it is, and it's, I say, probably one of the ones with the most side effects. It seems to have. Is what we've seen. And I see seen. that people do really well the first month or two they're on it, and they crash. And then they never link it back to the Cymbalta because they actually was better at first. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of side effects to all antidepressants. Right. So if you look at the antidepressants and read their inserts, it'll have this in every one of their inserts. It's not something we're making up. Um, one is no emotions. That's you may not be depressed, but you may not have any emotions. Right. Um, insomnia. I have more people that come in and say they can't sleep. Well, you start looking at their medication list, and I'm like, well, for one, that keeps you from sleeping. And they're like, Really? Now, the old tricyclic antidepressants put you to sleep. But the, <laughs> they would do yeah, that. They, they, they knock they you will. out. They just knock you out. But the SSRIs, one of its big side effects is insomnia right. and anxiety. You know, so, an, another biggie that we see, though, is, is loss of sex drive. Oh, tons. You take these guys coming in with ED and all these problems, <clears throat> and all this, there's this loss of sex drive totally, and you find out that they're on like two different antidepressants. 
Okay, you got to get rid of that stuff. Well, that's making them more depressed. That's making, and that's going to make you more depressed. It is. And you know, we just talked about earlier about an antidepressant, the omega threes, and, and the, the vitamin, vitamin D. D. There's actually a lot of natural okay. things, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But weight gain is another thing Ooh. that yeah. most of them make weight gain, and then you get more depressed because you're fat. I mean, that, honestly. <laughs> That's you know, how true. many women want to gain 30, 40 pounds? Uh, I mean, I don't. I can't think of it. And tremors and, and things. You know, I, we've had oh, a yeah. lot tremors of people come in Tremors sweating and headaches and headaches. restlessness and nausea. And right. there's so many. And, and actually, even looking at the National Institute of Mental Health says that actually fewer than 50% of the people actually even benefit from antidepressants anyway. Right. They now have all these side effects, but they really don't have many benefits. So some people, in, in extreme cases, they're needed. Right. But in mild to moderate depression, there is a lot of alternatives. There certainly is. You know, and, and something else that we need to talk about about these things, and because you don't realize how many people that have been on them for, say, six months or a year or something like that, and they go to get off of them. Oh, severe withdrawal. It's worse than heroin, okay? I mean, I've, had, I've actually had somebody to tell me, I said, that stuff's got to be worse than heroin to try to get off of. Now, the it's new terrible. class that actually has the ones that affect serotonin and norepinephrine are worse to get they're off worse, of. They're worse, right. So they're actually even yeah. harder to get off of than even the older um, SSRIs. Yeah, so, Prozac yeah, is wrong, right? and But it, you, got, you have to wean. You do not want to just stop taking it. It, and so talk to your doctor about how to wean off of it because it is not easy to get off of. People no, have tremors, not. they shake, they have they're like they're withdrawing from a well, drug. It is a withdrawal. Well, it is withdrawing from a drug. Yeah. So there, it's hard to get off of, and there are even some natural things that you can do to help get off of it, like five HTP. Like five HTP, which five yeah. HTP we talked about tryptophan earlier. That was talked about in that study. Well, five HTP is one step closer to serotonin. Tryptophan turns into 5-hydroxytryptophan, and then 5-hydroxytryptophan turns into serotonin. Which is 5-hydroxytryptamine. Right. Hmm. So the 5-HTP is something that we actually do use a lot for depression and, 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 and for chronic pain. That's true. So a lot of people take the Cymbalta for chronic pain. If you even have pain, you might not even be depressed, and they'll put you on it. That's right. And, I mean, I had a guy today, and they put him on it because he was having fibromyalgia symptoms. Mm-hmm. But he was having fibromyalgia symptoms because his testosterone was low, and his testosterone was low because he had a sugar handling problem. And I looked at him, and I'm like, if you think, look, this all goes back to your diet. I think that's a, what they call a cascade of yes. events. Yes, and, right? he, and he came mm-hmm. in, he's 40-something years old, and he said, I can't keep living like this. He <laughs> said, I'm just going downhill. Every drug they add to me makes me worse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If, if they give you a bunch of drugs, you're supposed to feel better. You're supposed to be better. Oh. And even in his case, he's, he started weaning off the medications himself. And I changed his diet five days ago. All right. He came in today. He had lost six pounds in five days. Wow. And his blood pressure had already dropped 30 points, and they've kept adding medications because they can't drop his blood pressure. 30 points yes. in five days. Yes. Just so, with changing his diet. Changing and his diet and decreasing medication. Decreasing medication. Right. So, Unbelievable. You know, he was having a little withdrawal, but I'm he sure said, he I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to stick to it because it, it's something that has to be done. Well, I think once you see that, you know, you really are going through a withdrawal, then why would you ever want to go back on that exactly. stuff again? Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's crazy. But you know something else that we use a lot of, Janine, and that's the tyrosine. Yep, tyrosine helps more dopamine, which is kind of a feel-good hormone. But that's the other part of that stuff. And GABA helps more of like the anxiety. Exactly. And like we talked about earlier, the vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids. Oh, exactly. I mean, that takes a little longer to work. 5-HTP is a little quicker, so is GABA and tyrosine. But you know, over the years, we've actually seen some people that we started with. Now, this is way before this study ever came out. We've actually seen people that we put on 5-HTP and fish oil and vitamin D and all these things, 
And after a year or so, they've cut their 5-HTP. They can get off the 5-HTP. Yeah, or got completely off of it. I, right. We know plenty of that. It's something that you can use it. to help short-term mm-hmm. until the other stuff starts working. Um, so there is definitely alternatives. And you want to get your thyroid checked. That's a Always. Baby. Thyroid and adrenals play a huge role huge. in depression. There's so many things. I had a lady come in this week, and she'd been depressed for five years. And you get to talking to her. She started taking medications five years ago. She had never taken a medication in her life. She had never had depression in her life. She started taking medication for asthma and allergies, and now she's been depressed for five years. And I said, do you think it might be linked to that medicine? And she started thinking about it. She said, I never thought about that. And I said, you know, so you got to look at what you're taking also. Oh, yeah. And, and that just kind of fits right into next week's show. Right. Allergies exactly. We're doing asthma. allergies right. and asthma next week. How about that? And all kind of vitamin deficiencies can go along with that, too. Oh, you yeah. Know, and another drug, that class of drugs, uh, that we see overused and, and, and it just absolutely horrid side effects and so on. And that's the bisphosphonates, phosphonates, the stuff for osteoporosis. osteoporosis. Right. And uh, actually, if you look at some of the research on these medications, right. the benefit is slight. Very slight. Now, there's a little benefit. What they actually said, now get this, 100 people with a severe bone loss, severe osteoporosis. Severe. Right. A hundred people would actually have to take the drug for three years to prevent one hip fracture. When you actually look at, and it was actually, they were looking at Fosamax on that one. Right. And there's actually been quite a bit of uh, stir in the past few years about these people taking that stuff, step off a curb, and boom. And why? Because of the way it changes the bone. We talked, now this is something we've never talked about on here, but about the osteoblast, osteoclast. The osteoblastic activity is building new bone. The osteoclast is actually a cell that actually tears up the old bone cells, getting it ready so the new ones can come in. These drugs stop the osteoclastic activity, right. which means you can't get rid of the so old the bone. So the density might be better, but it's not it's, new bone. It's, it's old, old bone. brittle bone. And yeah. they even say that, I mean, research shows, not just us, research shows that five years taking this medication actually increases fractures. You're taking it to decrease fractures and increase it, it actually increases it after taking it for five years. Mm-hmm. So just really quick, we're getting close to the end. Some right. of the side effects are um, bone loss in your jaw, abnormal heart rate like AFib, mm-hmm. increased fractures, stomach problems, bone pain. Mm-hmm. And on those injectable ones that you take where it lasts a year, if you yeah. have those side effects, <laughs> you can't get rid of it. You're just So out it's of just luck. something to think about. Now the alternatives are stuff like vitamin D, ADK2, well, um, now, that ADK2 we use a lot because it's a combination of vitamin A, vitamin D, and vitamin K2. Right, and all we've seen really good them. results with and weight-bearing exercise. Weight-bearing exercise and the ADK, and we've seen some extremely good results with that ourselves. Yeah, we, we probably really could have. go another few hours on this oh, stuff, yeah. but since we are coming toward the end, yes, um, we there was one other thing on bone loss I wanted to mention. It's something called, it's a bone morphogenic protein and it actually increases osteoblastic activity, which is new bone. Right. And the one we have is called Ostinol and right. it does work well. And, and you know, just a, a minute or so left here, we, we finish up. Hopefully you've got some pretty good stuff out of this tonight. I know we, we've enjoyed it because uh, it's a lot of stuff that we deal with on a daily basis. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about allergies and asthma. Yep, allergies and, and asthma, and um, we're coming up on that season. So the yes. pollen is already down here ev- everywhere. Everywhere. Now, up in the snow areas, you may not have it yet, but it's coming. It's coming. So we'll see you next week, folks.
Thank you for being a part of Live Healthy, Be Healthy this week. Please join Drs. Jim and Janine Fox next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to your better health.